Hey, how's it going? It's your man, Christopher the Rupal. And if you're hearing this, you're probably like, oh, wait, why is there a weird intro here? Well, uh, before Drunken Book Club became what it is now, where we get drunk, talk about kids' books, and other such things, the original Drunken Book Club was this style and format, where I used to read, like, almost, like, five books, like, three to five books in a month. And I wanted to talk about them, but I was very... What's the word? Uh, shy? Didn't think I was like smart enough to actually talk about these books without getting drunk first and having a jovial time about it. So this is where the this incarnation of Drunken Book Club is. There's about a couple handfuls of the handful uh, of these episodes. I think they're fun. I did not want to get rid of them when we became Drunken Book Club. Uh, originally speaking of which, um, so here it is enjoy and these are the new socials dbc underscore pod for the twitter account and our new patreon is patreon.com slash drunken book club think about supporting us it it may uh improve further stuff yada 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 okay uh bye Hello and welcome to Drunken Book Club once again. I'm your host, Christopher the Rupal, and today it's going to be a bit different from my normal Drunken Book Clubs because normally on my Drunken Book Clubs, I talk about cert, uh, like all the books I've read over a time period, but now I've, I've kind of been like, you know what, let's try something a little different, let's try this instead. So today, I decided... This is actually going to be kind of a callback episode to the Rupal's Rupees episode that we did last month. Sorry, I'm I'm a little drunk. To the uh, a couple books I was referencing before. Uh, if if you remember, if you listen to Rupal's Rupees as well, which you should be listening to all the shows because they're all great in my opinion. But because I, uh, it was the Jurassic Park episode, and I referenced the Jurassic Park Adventures books and how crazy and weird they are, you know. So, without further ado, I present to you the Jurassic Park Adventures Drunken Book Club episode. So, this is what I'm going to try. I think this is what I'm going to want to do with Drunken Book Club from now on, is talk about kids' books and talk about them as a drunk idiot. Trying to explain the plots, trying to explain what I liked them and the nuances, and maybe even be like, there's a hidden message in this, isn't there? <laughs> Just an idea. Just an idea. So, as always, I should I always talk about what I pre-gamed on and what I'm currently drinking. I pre-gamed on a... I did... I Because I needed to kind of rush this because I did finish the, the last book for me today. Uh, literally today. Like about, I don't know, two hours ago I finished it. Very fast reads. These are kids' books after all. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's surprising, right? I'm a grown man finishing a book in like two hours. <laughs> That's me, alright. That is me. But, uh, no. What I pre-gamed on was a shot of chocolate vodka that I picked up. I picked up this chocolate vodka because I wanted to make it with my, um, white Russians. Kind of, you know, kind of give it a little different because I like my white Russians with vanilla vodka. I was like, you know what? Let's make it a little chocolatey. Unfortunately, I don't have any... I, I like to make my white Russians with almond or soy or uh, flavored milk versus creamer. Just because creamer's very heavy compared to soy milk and stuff like that. And then I... Also did a shot of half vanilla, half chocolate, and made a good Neapolitan. Cause you know what? I'm not a big fan of strawberry, so I made I made the 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 two thirds Neapolitan. <laughs> that was pretty all right. And I'm currently nursing a Mike's Harder 
purple grape. So without further ado, let's get started on this adventure into Jurassic Park Adventures. Cue the Jurassic Park music stinger. Thanks, Chris. I'm, I'm gonna have to say up front unfortunately I was only able there are three books in the series but unfortunately I was only able to read two of the three because my third one I was trying my best to read it I could only find digitally I was able to find the other two I actually have physical copies in my hands as you could hear and unfortunately I couldn't find the, the flyers for a very reasonable price I was able to get these for a very unreasonable I'm gonna say up front 12 bucks for kids books is a fucking ripoff, but I was able to find them. I paid $24 for the two of these flyers. If you're on eBay, if you're the dude on eBay who's fucking holding that book back for a hundred plus dollars, go fuck yourself. Legit. Like, I don't know you. And I don't normally say this to people I don't know unless, you know, you're like a big presence or anything. And you're probably not, but you know what? Go fuck yourself. Fuck you, asshole. Alright, that's all I got for that. So, and, you know, I did pick it up on my Kindle, the third one. Um, so, so what I have here is Survivor, the first book, and Prey. And the third one, as you could probably guess by me saying Flyers is Flyers, I picked it up off on Kindle, which I was very, I was actually very excited that I was able to find it on there. But for some reason, it, okay, I have Kindle on my phone and I have an actual Kindle Fire that I use. That's my tablet that I have. It's a Kindle Fire. So, you know, bingo bango, I can, I should be able to read this stuff. Without any problems, right? I opened up on my phone because, you know, I kind of like reading off my phone so I can just, you know, take a shit or walk around, you know, just have it on my phone, just read. But for some reason, it kept repeating pages or skipping pages or repeating them. And it was just so weird and I couldn't get it to stop. I, I, I deleted it. I redownloaded it. And, you know, a couple times, actually. And I was just like, you know what? Okay, I'll go to my actual Kindle now. And I went to my Kindle. I downloaded it. First page is already there. I'm like, all right, we're good to go. I'm reading, I'm reading. I close it for a second because I, you know, just want to take a break from the book. It freezes my Kindle and it won't come back up. So there's that one. That one's fun. So I just was like, you know what? If it's going to give me this much problems for this little of a book, I'm not going to bother with it. So I kind of went on my way and just was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to talk about the other two today. So... The first book is Survivor, and I'm, I'm just going to read the, the cover, or look at, i tell you about the cover. So you have a little boy in a long sleeve red shirt with holes in it and jorts, and he's all wet, soaking wet. And he's got two T-Rexes and one, two, three, four, I think that's, wait, is that, is that Okay, four raptors, and I think the baby T-Rex from the Lost World, and like five compies. Just, just swarming this kid, and he's just giving it a look of like, Oh, jeez, I'm fucked, aren't I? Oh. It, it's Eric from Jurassic Park 3. So I'm going to read the back of the book for everyone, just because eh, I, I am kind of taking inspiration from another podcast, and I'm going to see how it works, but let us continue. Survivor. The dinosaur survived, but will he? My name is Eric Kirby. I'm a 13-year-old, and I'm beginning to wonder if I'll make it to 14. When I strapped myself into that parasailing harness a few weeks ago, I didn't care that it was dangerous and illegal. I would have given anything to see dinosaurs. Now I'd give anything to stop seeing them. You see, the dinosaur tour boat that was towing me above one of the famous Jurassic Park islands had a little accident. Now I'm stranded in Jurassic Park alone. It's just me 
and the dinosaurs. No, wait, why are you doing the goosebumps thing? Um, so yeah, that was the, that was that one. You know, usually the kids' books have, like, something to kind of pull you in with, like, in the cover for, like, a, a quote. They don't have that here, so. So, the events of Survivor take, take place before the beginning of Jurassic Park 3. It begins with, it begins with Eric Kirby, the boy from the movie, on Ben's, uh, the, the man fucking his mom. You know, the guy, if you saw the movie, he's the man parasailing with him. Uh, they're on his yacht out in Costa Rica. And he's told in a very dramatic way that he's going to Jurassic Park with the help of the Dinosaur Tour. Dinosaur. Eric is ecstatic as he's been a dino lover since the age of five and referencing the events. Uh, I was about to say, like, th then, then it goes on and references, like, the Lost World and Jurassic Park. But it doesn't make sense at all because it's like, when we found out about the dino engineering of the John Hammond, I'm like, uh, uh, all right, all right. Okay, how they worded it is how it's weird. Okay, so let's... I'm gonna just put... I'm just gonna read it real quick. Dinosaurs, I answered. I was five when I got into dinosaurs. Seven when the news came that John Hammond's Engine Corporation had employed genetic scientists to bring dinosaurs back from extinction under preserved prehistoric DNA. Why would a five or seven-year-old even care about that or even know what that means? I digress. <laughs> and then it also references the T-Rex attack in the Lost World in San Diego, which is pretty cool. And then the first chapter ends with such an amazing quote. I will say it right now. I was going to see Jurassic Park. I was going to live my dream. Next chapter. Dreams die. People die. Bravo. Bravo. I, you know what? I need to actually say who wrote these books because you know what? He did a fucking good job. Uh, Scott Sienkin? 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 He wrote some Dinotopia. He loves dinosaurs. This motherfucker loves dinosaurs. He's wrote a lot of books about dinosaurs. And you know what? He will be probably be revisited on Drunken Book Club. Because dinosaurs. He also wrote a Godzilla book, which I'm really interested in finding for cheaper than $12. You know, this takes the, the next chapter takes place right after the intro to Jurassic Park, where Ben and Eric uh, get stranded on Isla Sorna because of their tour guides get getting possibly eaten by dinosaurs. I mean, you know, the movie's not very clear on that. They kind of just disappear and it's like destroyed, you know? I don't fucking know. It, so it turns out Ben died from unknown injuries when they crashed onto Isla Sorna and told Eric to go to the beach to look for help. When he gets there, he notices a rotten smell and discovers he's not alone and encounters his first dinosaur, fucking T-Rex. This, I mean, he's frozen with fear and wants to run away and eventually remembers what he read in a book by that famous paleontologist, Dr. Alan Grant. I am quoting the book here. I'm not making these up. That T-Rex hunted with its sense of smell and sight. He's eventually able to run away from that Rex when it's distracted by a pterodon. Pterodon? Pteranodon? I don't know. I can't, I, don't, I can't pronounce dinosaur names. I'm sorry. Uh, but by Pteranodon uh, fishing, but runs into a sleeping long neck that he thought was a tree branch. Yeah, he just runs over and is just like, I'm going to hide behind a tree. Nah, that's a fucking, tr fucking long neck right there. So, what? too bad for Eric because this seropod has some mean farts and cuts the cheese twice. Like, I wish I was kidding. Like, it legit... Let me, let me, let me go to the page real quick for you on this one. The, the, the sound it makes is, I couldn't believe it. I wanted to shout with excitement, but I kept it to myself. I held it in. I, <laughs> the sleeping long neck's body shuddered as it let loose a loud smelly gust of gas. Mmm, that's one stinky ass fart. 
Oh, man. By the way, it happens twice in, in the same page. I'm not going to continue reading because you know what? Fuck that. So it cuts the cheese and this makes fucking... Poor, poor Eric is sick to his fucking stomach. Unfortunately, this notifies the T-Rex. But he's able to run away because you know what? The T-Rex, he loves smelly farts and just wants to smell that cerebral smart. He's just like, oh, fart in my face, fart in my mouth. Make my cheeks explode like a chipmunk. Thank you. But you know what? The chapter ends and he he, he says it himself. I'll be a survivor. He continues to run and soon realizes he has no clue where the fuck he is and his, his tumblers are rumbling for some of my food. So he continues on, but soon he sees something in the tree branches and he's like, oh shit, is that a dinosaur? What the fuck was that? What's that fast moving thing? Oh my god, am I gonna die? Is everything not gonna be okay? Oh, what the fuck? Oh. It, it, it's just a fucking sloth moving really fast. Yeah, for some reason the slots in this move really fast like it says it in the book like there's fast moving two toad slots he's very particular he says that there's a two toad slots which i think are actually native to costa rica so you know what good, good on this guy why are they so fast i think he's trying to make it seem like he's smart and he's like oh the fast ones were the ones that survived or something like that when i'm just like that's stupid you're stupid get out of here but he finds some slots and they're eating bananas so he's like, oh, fuck it, I'll have some of these bananas, eat up, yum, yum, eat them up, mm, yum, 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 I love bananas, he's able to rest easy, he's got his belly full of bananas, and he sleeps inside the trees, and he's, he's, uh, he's scared that he's not gonna get rescued, and this, this is a recurring thing, he, he gets freaked out so often about, like, not being rescued, it's kind of, it's kind of depressing, you know, so nothing eventful really happens the next couple of days, uh, he encounters some Dilophosaurus, an Ankylosaurus, and some Hungry Compies. But besides that, nothing special for a couple chapters. But he eventually comes upon a compound that he'll call home. It's a pretty swank little place, you know? It's got snack machines, soda machines, and eventually a raptor of his very own! Ooh, raptor attack! That's how they sound, right? This raptor, it's been drawn in because you know what? Little, little Eric has been a little, little dirty. He's been a little litter bug. You know, it's been drawn in by his litter. And you know what? I'm just gonna say it. Give a hoot, don't pollute, or else a raptor's gonna come fucking kill ya. How about that? Huh? Don't pollute, or else a raptor's gonna fucking kill ya. I'm talking to you, big corporate assholes. Gonna make, get some fucking raptors, beat your ass up. You know, so he he's he's able to run, get away from this raptor, or actually the raptors didn't even really notice him because he's inside and the raptor's outside, and, and he's also saved by an iguanodon, that that's foot got stuck to a book, got got stuck to a book somehow. I don't fucking know. It's, I don't. This 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 book is weird. <laughs> so, but but unfortunately, you know, he, he he you know, and after that he cleans up after himself. He's like, oh shit, I'm a fucking litter bug, man. I I, I give a hoot. I won't pollute anymore. I'll pick up my trash. It's a little, it's too little too late, man. You know, he's woken up in the middle of the night to a loud crash. <laughs> oh, but it's just that iguanodon that I mentioned for like a second there. Also, did I mention that the book that the iguanodon had stuck to his foot was a, was a Alan Grant's original book? Uh, all right. That's, I, I, you know, whatever. 
Gotta reference Jurassic Park here, guys, you know? Because we're fucking, yeah, just gotta. And then he nicknamed this little, he nicknamed this, this Iguanodon Iggy. And I'm just like, you get out of here, Iggy. Get out of here for your lust for life and wanting to be my dog. You know, get out of here. But, you know, but then after that, he encounters something even better. He finds a pair of rollerblades because, uh, you know what, the, the Iguanodon found, like, he, he lifted up some carpet or some shit. And he, he, find, he finds a little crawl space and inside, there's really not much inside that crawl space. It's just a nice little hidey hole. But inside, he finds some confiscated rollerblades. And you know what? He's excited. He's like, ah, shit. I'm gonna put on these rollerblades and I'm gonna go take him for a whirl. Too bad two raptors show up and are planning on jacking his sweet blades. Break yourself, fool! But he nearly escapes with his life as the raptors attack. And he ditches the bl blades and hides inside an old jeep. And he just gets upset thinking about you know, just thinking about what the fuck's going on, you know, the past couple days, how it's been real shitty. Yeah, the there's been a couple days passed by, I didn't really feel like mentioning it, because you know what, fuck this. And, you know, but at the corner of his eye, he notices the Alan, the, the Alan Grant book is there. And you know what, on that page is, is this quote, this exact quote that I actually have pinpointed on there, because I thought it was kind of funny. Many scientists believe the dinosaur never really died out 65 million years ago. Dr. Alan Grant read written. These scientists believe dinosaurs live on today as birds. The dinosaurs were too big and the food supply too small, so the dinosaurs became a likely example of natural selection. In short, they forced they were forced to adapt or perish. And that's the big line from the book here. Survive or perish. So good thing that book was miraculously there, or else he probably would have fucking killed himself. Also, there was a map inside the book to a safe house that has supplies and weapons and communications to the outside world. All right, I'll, I mean, I use I mean I use random stuff as a bookmark, but I feel like a map is kind of big as a bookmark. I mean, am I right here, guys? Someone li li put in the comments, yeah, that's too big. Or no, nah, I use a map all the time for my bookmark. I, I need to know. Avengers forth to find this safe house. And along the way, he learns to camouflage himself and hide his smelly, smelly scent. He also finds T-Rex piss. This is T-Rex pee. How'd you get it? You don't want to know. So he eventually makes it to the safe house after encountering raptors about 500 fucking times. Like, legit. Like, a third of this book is, like, him in in that first combat the next next third is like him getting to the next safe house and it's so fucking annoying he he encounters like a million times these raptors and somehow survives you know unlike all the people in the previous movies or the books or whatever couldn't fucking survive this shit but you know what he makes it to that safe house and he's he's fucking excited he's he's a 13 year old boy or he's 12 i don't know at this point if he's 12 or 13 doesn't matter he found his new jo space and he is Fapsided. So excited, in fact, because, you know what? It's got everything he needs, you know? There's food, water, weapons, clothes, but something's missing here. Something very, very important. There's no radio. Like, legit, there is no radio. I mean, shit. 
So, you know, this this frustrates poor Eric. You know, he, he has a temper tantrum. He screams until his throat is raw from screaming. And, you know, he, he, just, he just yells at the top of his voice. Who's gonna say my song now? Then, then the power inside the shelter turns off and he's left in the dark and he's locked in there. It's kind of scary for a second, you know? We're thinking, oh shit, he's locked in there. How's he gonna get out? You know, he's smart. He he finds a, a, a fucking shocker weapon, shock stick. I, I, you know, they don't make good descriptions. They should, they, okay, you know what? For these books, they put a lot of pictures of like the dinosaurs and shit. Can we get pictures of the stuff he's got with him? Because I'm kind of wondering what the fuck he's using, how these shock cannons and shit look like, you know. Maybe that's just me. But, you know, he shocks the door open, he puts the shoe in there so it doesn't fucking lock. Thank God. Because, you know what, have you ever been locked inside, like, a locked room or something that, or been forced, like, like a sibling has locked you inside your room or something? Because I have, and it's not fun, okay? So I, I can, I can kind of understand that, like, fear and, like, frustration he's having there but i digress I'm, I'm just i'm just gonna say i digress the book's almost over and he's like fuck it i'm gonna go i'm gonna take a generator i'm gonna go back to the original compound that had phones and computers and shit i'm gonna power them on i'm gonna be like i'm gonna email the u.s government and be like save me you fuckers but his plan does not go as planned and he gets attacked by raptors they fucked his shit up you know they it, it just sucks it just sucks in, in 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 general and he's like you know what i'm not going back to that shelter and getting locked in there because i mean for what it's worth he has to keep the door lock open a, a, a fucking raptor could come in but you know what he finds a new permanent home the old abandoned water tanker that's referenced inside the which is in the in the movie and the book ends his story where the movie where, where the movie, where his, his story begins in the movie. Where he's saving Dr. Alan Grant and being like, Look oh, with me, you, 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 you big, tall, handsome man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you well good. And that's, that's Jurassic Park Survivor. It wasn't half bad, but it really wasn't half good either. I, I probably would have loved this book as, as a little lad. You know, I'm gonna say this up front. I probably would have loved these books at the age of nine? Nine or ten when that, when they came out? Probably not 10, because I was reading a lot of, like, older kid stuff. Not older, older kid stuff. But I was reading a lot of, like, series of unfortunate events and stuff like that, you know. Young adult fiction. And this this probably would, wouldn't cut the cut it, you know. It would have been like, mm, yeah, Jurassic Park's cool, but... Attack of the Clones just came out. I wish I was kidding. I loved Attack of the Clones as a kid. <laughs> okay, don't give me that look either. You, If you were a 10-year-old when Attack of the Clones came out, you... Your favorite Jedi is one of those Jedi's from the from the Jedi scene from that when they're all jumping in and saving Obi-Wan and Anakin and shit with the clone army. Cause guess what? My favorite Jedi's Kit Fisto from that. Thank you very much. It's also because Kit Fisto had a green lightsaber, he's green, and he's fucking cool, and he smiles. very much also clone wars made him so much cooler oh my god did you ever see that 2d episode where he's like underwater and he's like and fucking uses the force underwater and shit oh he's so cool in the clone wars 2d animated series and in the 3d animated series where he's just like 
we have to remain calm when he's voiced by Phil Lamar and I'm kind of like did we have to make him sound Jamaican uh -oh, okay Caribbean Islander I mean come on guys can we not I mean just because he's got dreadlock tentacles do we really have to make him sound like an Islander can make him sound like cool or than that I mean he's cool I guess I'm just I'm just venting my frustration. I, I feel like that's stereotypical. Like, you see a guy with tentacles on their head. Oh, let's make him Jamaican, you know. It's kind of like Shark Tale, you know. They made the, the, the what's it called? The, the, the jellyfish, Jamaican. Because they got the, the, the fucking, what's it called? The, the dreadlock looking tentacles. All right. Sorry, it's... Can we just make Jamaicans... Can we not make Jamaican characters with dreadlocks? That's all I'm saying. Can we just make normal Jamaican characters? That's been my TED Talk. That's the end of Dragon Book Club. Thank you for joining me. No, no, no. There's still one more book. Jurassic Park Adventures Prey. This is the book I read today. This is the one I I, I was like on page 50-something, and then I finished the rest of it today and was like, wow, this book was slightly better than the other book. So this book takes place about eight weeks. It's six or eight weeks, you know? It's weird. The book kind of contradicts itself. Oh, wait, you know what? Hold up, before I even start, you know what? I gotta read the back of the book. Because I know how much you guys liked it the first time around. Prey. A band of teenagers, armed with video cameras. Actually, they're only armed with one video camera. And what they think are the rules of the island. Illegally sneak into Jurassic Park. But their dream of making a blockbuster dinosaur documentary. Blockbuster dinosaur documentary. That's a good, not alliteration, but good three words. Turns into a nightmare. Because dinosaurs don't play by anyone's rules. Can paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant and 13-year-old Eric Kirby save them? Or will they all become prey? Spoiler alert. Someone dies in this book. I'm not going to say who. But if you look at the cover of Flyers, you know it's not Eric or Alan. So, you know, the two most important people. In this book trilogy, this very, very cool book trilogy i am at that i'm at that angry point of being drunk you know where you're like fuck y'all i'm angry drunk right now don't ask me why just angry so like i was saying before the book starts out about six to eight weeks after the events of jurassic park 3 alan grant has been summoned to speak in front of the un uh he's been proposed because he he wants he wants to do this you know what wants the the united nations to adopt the following things Establishment of Bureau of Ancient Animal Affairs. A creation of Site B Ranger Station for the study and preservation of Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Why not a Site A? Appointed of a park ranger and approval of Ranger's Charter. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make a reserve for these animals on Isla Sorna. And you know what? And Eric is there as well as his key witness. Because, you know what, he found out he's he's a survivor, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's there for some fucking reason. Because the kids got to identify with someone, I guess. And they, Yeah, I put the 13-year-old in there, I guess, even though he's a douche. My words, not the book's words. Also, does does this sound familiar to, to you guys? Like, a, a character from the first movie slash book talking to the UN about saving or not saving dinosaurs? Hmm. I wonder if Fallen Kingdom got inspired by this a little bit. Just a little bit. Just by that, at least. But then changed everything and made a good point. But also made a shitty movie. There, I said it. I don't like Fallen Kingdom. 
I think I said that the last time also. I didn't like Fallen Kingdom. But but I digress, you know. Also, you know what? The plot really doesn't make sense. Because I feel like Alan, at the end of Jurassic Park, was just like, okay, I'm alright with these animals dying. Because, okay, with the book, they firebombed the shit out of the island and destroyed all, the, all life on it. Yay, U.S. Army. Or Costa Rica. Me? Who did? Who did that? Wasn't I? Twasn't I who killed them all? Twas you who killed them all. Or was it? The world may never know who it was that day. Who did these events? It was Fulgar. Sorry, Fulgar. Had to rat you out. Can't afford fish nibbles and worms for you anymore. But yeah, I digress. You know, I think it's stupid, this whole plot of, like, Alan being like, we gotta make it a nature reserve. I think he'd be for bombing them all after they tried killing him in the first movie because, or first movie slash book, because you know what? He prefers studying them from afar. But that's just me. So you know what? Alan wants all these things installed and Eric wants in on the action. You know, he wants to be there forefront. He wants to be a ranger or some shit. You know, he wants to be back on that island. But Alan says not until he's 18, which is very reasonable. You know, he's, he's 13. We don't want kids on this this is supposed to be a nature reserve now you know where we're supposed to be studying certain things trying to make something out of it you know but eric threatens to back out of back of talking to the un unless he gets his way and the next chapter starts with alan. and you know what guess what alan does it alan's just like all right fuck it i need this to happen and you're a little shithead so there you go and the next chapter starts with alan on his way to Isla Snorna for about like the fifth time uh, in the book universe. Just delivering supplies and, you know, just doing his thing and just getting them ready. Getting, getting, getting the, the nature reserve ready, getting buildings and stuff. And with him is Dave Stevens, the transportation chief who is unimportant to the book. I don't, I don't even know why he's, he's mentioned here. Does he come back later? I don't think he does, no. And also Deborah Holland, the lead security advisor, who clearly has the hots for Alan, who is a nice, voluptuous blonde. I'm saying voluptuous, even though I don't think she's voluptuous at all. She's probably just a, I, she's probably an average-built blonde, like most blondes. Yeah, you heard me, blondes. I'm calling you out. You're all average. So they arrive on the island and have to defend the workers almost immediately because some car Carnotosauruses. Car Carnosaurus, I think is how it's pronounced. I don't know. Attack. And and you know what? The, the Carnosaurus looked at me and it smiled. Maybe he looked at you? But, but no, no. In all honesty, that Carnosaurus started studying Alan. And was just like, oh, I'm going to fucking get you. I'm going to get you six months from now. Skip ahead to, you know, the, the, the whole thing is built. And Eric, Eric returns home. It's snowy out. He's pissy because he's like, Dr. Alec promised that I could go. And I'm, I'm missing the, the island because I'm a little shithead. But no, uh, he, he, he returns home. His parents are arguing about letting him return back to Isla Sorna because they got a letter from Alan Grant saying, Hey, do you want to send him back? If not, I fully understand. If you don't, don't. I'm not, I won't be angry because you know what? We don't need a fucking 13 year old kid here. This is a nature reserve. We need to be focusing on studying these animals and trying to protect them and shit like that. 
Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. That was me slapping Eric's face. Because fuck you, Eric. But you know what? They are like, okay, we're going to let you go. But promise us you'll be careful, Eric. Because you know what? We don't want to lose you because we're your parents and we love you. And we got back together after the after the movie because we love you and know that divorce is shit on kids so on christmas break he gets to go and you know he's he's kind of pissed when he arrives because you know what there's only like seven people there there's like a chef three security people and grant a, 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 a the guy he, i guess yeah i guess what's his face stevens is there and yeah so he's, he's kind of pissed. You know, he's like, what the fuck, Alan? And Alan's like, you know what? Fuck you. You tried to get your way on this one, but you can't return here without my fucking, fucking, like, me being like, you can come. Because yo ass is my bitch. And he goes, he's like, you know what? You don't get to really go. We're not going out anywhere because guess what? We're on a skeleton crew. And yo ass gets to stay and watch It's a Wonderful Life. Wait, no, no, they don't watch It's a Wonderful Life. Even though that is public domain, they could have referenced that in this. No, they watch, you, your ass is stuck here, and you're going to watch fucking It's a Christmas Carol in fucking Spanish, because it's Costa Rica. So Eric's pissed, but you know what? There's a, there's, all of a sudden, the, the, the communications guy, he, he, he hears a blip on his, on his, like, little radar thing. And he's like, what the fuck is that? That's a plane, dude. The plane, the plane, it's a plane. And he's like, shit, maybe we should save them? And he's like, okay, let's save them. No, no, they're not like that at all. No, they're like, wow, that's kind of low flying. They shouldn't be flying so low to the island because, you know, this is a nature reserve. This is restricted to everybody. And then they notice, oh, crap, the plane's kind of leaving behind five people they must be parachuting they must be in trouble they're not responding to our sos's and they're not sosing themselves maybe they're communication here or something something's going on here what the fuck's going on oh my god oh my god <gasps> alan what do we do do we save these people what do we do and alan's just like i don't know i mean maybe we shouldn't because we're a skeleton crew but you know what we can call people over and be like hey come come help us out here even if they're skeletons because you know what fuck these people but eric's just like nah man deuces and he sneaks out while they're arguing about trying to do what what's gonna happen and he sneaks out and they're like oh shit he snuck out we gotta go and get his sorry ass because i'm in charge of him because i'm alan grants and i am a ladies man who smacks that pussy that dr alan grant smacking that pussy <laughs> he's fucking deborah i don't care what he says Debbie. So Eric escapes, they're like, okay, we gotta make a plan, and then we venture forth and find out that the people who parachuted are complete fucking assholes because they actually planned for this. It's like five teenagers, there's an 18 year old and four, four 13, 14 year olds who are all a bunch of douchebags. Simon is the only one I remember, Simon and Chris because, and Biggs. Simon, Chris, and Biggs are the only ones I remember because they're the only ones worth mentioning because they're the only ones who really have anything to do in the book 
because Simon's the leader who's 18 years old and is like, I'm the leader. You're going to follow me. We're going to make a documentary like Blair Witch and make a lot of money because I don't want to beg money for my parents even though they give me an allowance every fucking week because I'm a spoiled rich kid who's a piece of shit in college. And Chris is his younger brother who's just like following along even though his brother's a piece of shit and I fully understand how that is. Holy crap, that's relatable. Everything else about him is unrelatable. He's a sports star. I am not a sports star. And then Biggs is the one who works the camera and it's just like, I'm big, I'm gonna be stupid and focus the camera everywhere. And these guys are just complete douchebags. They... They mess around with some compies, get some footage and shit, and they're just they're just being douches trying to get Blair Witch style footage, and try and they're trying to make a movie, and fuck them because they're assholes. The whole entire book, especially Simon, it's just it's just Simon really who's a really big douchebag, and eventually Eric finds them and is like, hey, I gotta take you back to the ranger station or else your guys are gonna get fucking killed, and Simon's like. Nah, bruh, I'm gonna guilt trip you into staying with us because we're not going there. We don't want to lose our footage. We want to make money. And eventually, Alan finds them after they're attacked by fucking velociraptors. Yeah, they get attacked by velociraptors and they're like, oh, don't worry, we can handle this. And one of them is like, wait, I thought you brought explosives. And he's like, what explosives do you think I have? And he brought fireworks. But you know what? He lights one of them. Just kidding. He lights all of them on fire because they all light up inside his backpack and freak out the Velociraptors along with themselves and also alert Alan to their location. And Alan's like, what the fuck, more teenagers? Fuck y'all. You guys are going to die out in here unless you come with me, which doesn't actually happen because guess what? They sneak off and steal the other Humvee because, yeah, they drove in Humvees, obviously, because they're in the jungle. They need to have big fucking vehicles. They're not making this in the movies. Scott. I was going to call him Steve. <laughs> but yeah, he's got Humvees on there. And like, what's it called? He, he drives up on his Humvees and like, yo, hop in. And they're like, nah, deuces, we're going to steal this other one. So Simon and the group steal the other Humvee. And they're just like driving down the fours with like a fucking shot of, with a 40 in their hand. Yeah, then they, they chase him down and they end up seeing a Carnosaurus. And they have to divert paths because there's a triple fork in the road. And Alan Grant's crew is just like, oh shit, the Carnosaurus isn't following us anymore. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? Where's it going? It's because the other Humvee that was driven by Simon got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. And what's it called? And it's just toying with him being like, I'm going to eat y'all. But guess what? Since this book is made for kids, none of the teenagers are gonna die. Fuck this book. Fuck this book. Fuck this book. Fuck this book. Fuck, fuck, fuck this book. <laughs> I wanted them to die so bad. They're such shitheads. They were made to be killed. Scott, it's okay to kill people in books. You killed someone in this book. It's okay. You kill. You killed a person in the previous book and this book. But they're adults. Yeah, fucker. So he, so so the Carnosaurus is attacking the one Humvee, and he's like, "I'm gonna eat you, kids!" And the kids are like, "Ah, we're fuckheads." But they, the the, the survive the survivalists are like, "Nah, we're gonna save the day. We're gonna freak him out." But he doesn't want the, that Carnosaurus is gonna eat them now because fuck them and ruins their other Humvee, 
And they're stranded there. They're like, shit, we're fucked. And the Carnosaurus calls up his homeboys and is all like, yo, I got food here. And one of them eats a, on first name only guy. Hold up, I got his name written down. Shit. Shit, wrong paper. Shit. I didn't write down the name of the security guy. We're going to name him Billy Badass. No, but yeah, they eat one of the guys, and Alan's like, oh my god, it's that Carnosaurus that smiled at me, and he runs off in the jungle to sacrifice himself, and they all chase him away, and the rest of the survivors, the security team, and Simon's group of douchebags, the stragglers, or strang stranders, stranded, the stranded, go and run away and find a crevice to hide in that no big predator could fit in but a raptor could mm, no no raptors appear after this point in the book so they go out they're like oh shit the carnosaurus are back they're attacking the ridge they're gonna crush us with rocks oh god oh no oh, oh, oh. yeah they're all crying and shit and fucking biggs drops the camera bag with all the disc with all the information and and then chris falls over and he's like oh my leg i think i'm gonna die if someone doesn't help me out here and like carnosaurus is about to chomp down on him and also step on the bag of fucking recorded shit and simon has to make a big decision here does he save his brother that he absolutely loves and who who looks up to him or does he save the thing that will make him a ton of money uh fuck you chris i'm gonna save the thing that's gonna make me a lot of money Oh, and Chris dies. Oh, no. No, he doesn't die. Chris gets saved by Eric, and Eric and Chris both look at Simon and are like, You fucking for real? You fucking for real, homeboy? Why are you doing this shit? Why didn't you save your brother? And Simon's like, You can't prove shit. You can't prove nothing. And they're like, I caught that on camera, bitch. Yeah, I got you. I got this on camera. So then they're like, Oh, shit, we're going to get eaten anyway, so why are we even arguing? But then, from the sky... Helicopters appear and they drop an electrical net and shock him and they start shooting all the carnosaurus with tranquilizers and fucking bullets and fucking they gun him down like a fucking mafia, you know. <laughs> and they save the day and they're like, oh man, I Eric's like, oh man, I wish Alan was here. And then then the the blonde bitch Deborah, yeah, that's her name, is like, oh, someone wants to speak to you on the radio. I think it's your dad. Hey, it's Dr. Alan Grant. I survived. And uh, I didn't die. Thanks, kid. Thanks for always believing me. And Eric's like, a, a real father figure who isn't William H. Macy? Thanks. And the book ends with them all being like, hey, we didn't die. Yay. And you know what? As much as I kind of like skipped over and said I hated Prey for the characters and stuff, I actually kind of liked Prey a bit more than Survivor because it kind of felt more like a natural Jurassic Park book with all the dinosaur action and stuff like that with the thrills and chills and dinosaur spills. So I'm going to end this one by just saying thank you for joining me but also saying 
I'm probably going to try to focus on one book from now on with Drunken Book Club, like I said. I think this episode went very high-paced, very fast-paced. I took a lot of notes. You probably heard me shuffling my paper and also hitting the table. I apologize. And, you know, I had notes down and just... Hey, I gotta write down some things, you know, it makes it a little bit easier when I'm drunk, when I'm not sure what to talk about. And you know what, I think this show is gonna primarily talk about dumb kid books, because you know what, fuck it, let's have fun and talk about dumb kid books. Dumb kid books. Dumb kid books. 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 Dumb kid books. Oh, dumb kid book books. Thanks for listening to me this week on Drunken Book Club on Speaking of Which. I'm your host, Christopher the Rupal. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to follow me, follow us, actually, because it is a whole podcast crew, on the Speaking of Which podcast page on Facebook, at SOW underscore podcast on, for, on Twitter for the Speaking of Which podcast, which is the best place to follow us. Either one, you'll be able to be like, oh, hey, new episode's posted. Sweet. And I'd also like to say you can follow me at the underscore Rupal on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my beautiful partner, Samantha, or Sam, or whatever you want to call her, probably Sam, she prefers that, at Berserker Rose. You can follow my handy, capable friend, Weez, at Force Left Hander, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And a shout out to Juan, who has finally moved to Cali. Congratulations, dude. Uh, I hope you're able to do what you're able to do there. We're going to be, we're going to hopefully get to do an episode with me, him, and Sam while he's out there in California. Just kind of be like, hey, what's up? What's your plan now? What's up? Aseya! Yeah, that's that's me playing Super Smash Bros. Melee in the background. I'm sorry. Lipstick, lipstick, lipstick. Um, but yeah, just being like, what's up? What's your plan? You got a gig? You, yeah, you got a gig? You got a gig, man? You gonna tell me about your gig? But you can follow my homeboy, Juan, and all his adventures at Voice of J-Rod on Twitter and Instagram, and also on LinkedIn. And you can also go to his website if you wish to hire him on jrovio.com. Seriously, help a homie out if you like us and you need someone to be a recorded thing that isn't me or one of the other people on here seriously he's a cool guy Juan's cool go go like Juan I like Juan just a little bit I only like him a little bit you know he's, he's just kind of just there you know he's just kind of just camera fodder it's not like he you know fucking you know helped inspire my humor by introducing me to Weird Al at the age of 11 or something like that you know no no he did nothing like that that motherfucker didn't do shit for me until this day and age no he did a lot i thank you uh this this is pretty much my way of saying shout out to juan i already miss you and wanna hug you so bad but fuck covid for not allowing us to see each other before you left stay safe not just juan but everyone else and hey Wait, what's that in the background? Oh no, it's a shitty Saurus Rex. Stay tuned next time. I think I'm going to read some Fear Street or something for you guys. And I think you're going to like it. Hey, if you're still listening, make sure to check out our next podcast episode. It's going to be a doozy. It's a Rupal's Rupees on Mortal Kombat. 
it's going to be a two-parter actually because me and Sam aren't going to be the only ones talking. I'm also going to be interviewing Weiss for a special episode as a second parter. And then we're also going to be doing another special episode on RuPaul's Rupees. So technically, the Mortal Kombat episodes are going to be about three weeks long. Stay excited, stay tuned, and be ready for Mortal Kombat. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I gotta pee.